Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota of Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota of Brookhaven, we deliver. Celebrating the amazing people of coastal Mississippi and across this great state who are working hard to make this a great place to live, work, and play. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show where we celebrate, oh man, do we celebrate every single day the amazing people who are working so hard to make Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, listen, uh, over the last few days, I've had the opportunity to meet some of the One Coast Award recipients, and man, do I enjoy those conversations. I really do. It's We're not only getting a chance to learn from them and celebrate their leadership, but we're, we're able to be inspired by them because they're working so hard in their businesses, they're working so hard in the community, and they're setting an example for others, and um, I really I really have enjoyed that. If you, uh, if you haven't seen those or heard those conversations, you can go to the Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page, or you can go to the Ricky Ricky Matthews Show Facebook page. Had a terrific conversation with uh, Craig Rafe, who's the former executive director for Visit Mississippi. Uh, Cedric Bradley from Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. What a terrific conversation that was as we continue to have conversations about the perceptions about Mississippi versus the reality and uh, really good inspiration that comes from that. With that in mind, frankly, uh, my recent conversation with T. McCovey and the work that the United Way of Jackson County is doing over in Jackson County in the wake of the, of the tornadoes in Moss Point. And then, of course, uh, my wonderful conversation with C.C. Shabazz, who I used to work with at the Sun-Herald, now head of um, branding and creative for Memorial. Um, I mean, I could just go on, but so many terrific conversations, and I appreciate you listening and looking for inspiring messages that come from all these conversations. This next conversation is one I've really been looking forward to. In fact, uh, Calvin Coleman, who's the president and CEO of Naomi uh, Catering, and I have been trying to get our uh, calendars and sync here for a while, but we're going to tell the story. We're going to tell his story, but we're going to tell the story of Naomi's Catering, a, a company that I have come in contact with in so many different ways, whether it's through my official capacity as the publisher of the Sun-Herald back when I was at, at the Sun-Herald or whether it's attending a supper event that he catered or any number of ways. We have crossed paths probably a thousand times over the years. And without any further ado, let me welcome Chef Calvin Coleman. My friend, uh, Calvin, to uh, uh, the Ricky Matthews Show. How you doing, my friend? I am doing great. Thank you all for having me. I appreciate it very much. It's great to, great to have you. And, you know, what? this is the way it works. Okay. It, when I was the publisher of the Sun-Herald, I, I was moving fast. And, of course, Katrina hits, we're all moving fast. Yeah. So I didn't, have, I, I didn't have the chance to really sit down and say, okay, Calvin, where did you come from? Where, tell me about your past. Uh, it was always sort of the here and now that we ended up finding ourselves in. And this show is a gift to me because it gives me a chance to say, okay, what is the story behind the story? And with your story, Calvin, I've been just blown away with the story behind the story. And we're going we're gonna to get a chance to talk about that. But people will enjoy hearing 
the massive amount of experience from really from around the world that you that you bring into your work at Naomi's. But hey, before we uh, go any further, where are you sitting right now? I'm sitting in my uh, my bed and breakfast in Orange Grove, just north of Gulfport, off of Canal Road. Yeah, so you, that's something you started after Hurricane Katrina. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, so, of course, we were downtown Gulfport. Katrina washed us north, as everybody did at that time. We were out here looking for someplace for a place. I had a restaurant in the Markham Building. I had a house on 2nd Street behind Grass Lawn, and I had my business on 30th Avenue, and they were all destroyed in the storm. So came out looking for, really, uh, I was looking for a place to live and a place to move my uh, catering business to. And we came across this old house out here in the country. Now, this house was moved here in 1972. So this isn't the original location of it. It was built in 1865. And uh, it's an old Victorian, sits on three acres of property, uh, six bedrooms. And so immediately, as soon as I saw it, I and it had a building in the back that we could put our catering business in. So I, I fell in love with the minute I saw it. But it was in pretty bad shape. So we renovated the first floor, moved in, and then when the when the economy bust in, in 2009, 2010, business just went downhill. It was it was a horrible time for everybody, and I had this big mortgage I had to pay. So I started renting out rooms on Airbnb upstairs. I had two rooms that I fixed up and rented on Airbnb, and it became so successful that I renovated another room and added that, renovated another room and added that, then went downstairs and took a study, renovated that, put in an extra bathroom. So really started out as a way just to pay the mortgage. Um, and then after things picked back up and things got back on track, I've just continued with it. And, uh, and now I live in like one little corner of the house and rent the rest of it out on Airbnb. That's so, so interesting. It wasn't That's... anything I planned. It wasn't anything I planned. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised. First of all, you're 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 innovative, and you've you've proven that you can uh, turn on a dime and find a way to survive. I mean, listen, after Katrina, we all sort of learned what it was like to turn on the dime, didn't we, buddy? Absolutely, and and that whole you know my whole life has been broken up into segments, and whole Katrina experience is one whole segment, as everybody else on the coast does. You know, there's pre-Katrina and there's post-Katrina. And you sit around and you talk about things and you go, well, that was before the storm. Well, now that we had those, those three storms back to back two years ago, I have to now I have to specify that I'm talking about Katrina. But before that, you know, we just thought everything was, well, before the storm or <laughs> we used to have. I don't have that. any. Oh, I don't have that anymore. That was that was before the storm. So. Yeah, that storm did a that, that storm was a big life changer, and it wasn't all bad. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it, it really it brought me out here. It, it got me started on this whole new line of business, and um, it's just it made a big difference in in everything. Really, I was in a little bitty ratty building down on Thirtieth Avenue that looked like a stiff wind would blow it over, and wondering how I was ever going to expand. And now I live and work operate out of the same place out here. So Haley Barber used to always say that there was a Chinese signal uh, symbol that looked like a yin yang symbol that it said that the that the same word for opportunity was the same word for disaster. 
And, you know, because and if he always wanted to point out that in a disaster like Katrina, if we will take a step back and see it for what it is, it does create opportunity. And the truth is, we really didn't have any way to, other way to look at it, because if you if you don't see the opportunity and you're accepting your demise and he was trying to you know, reassure people that and it, it will take us time, but we will come out of this better and more resilient, and we will renew ourselves. And for the most part, that's exactly what has happened, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, and, and I look back at it now, and I, and I really can't remember how bad it was, because every day you got up, you put one foot in front of the other, and, and, and if you remember correctly, like your first day, you went into survival mode. Okay, where am I going to get food and water today? Where am I going to get shelter today? The next day, okay, I found a source for water. I found a source for a little bit of food to get me through today. I've got shelter for today. And you just got through every day, one day at a time. And then suddenly one day I look up and it's 17 years later. <laughs> I'm in this big, beautiful house on three acres of property. And I just renovated the, the house kitchen and, you know, and everything is going smooth and everything is great. And I don't know when that happened, but it yeah. happened one day at a time. In getting up and putting your one foot in front of the other. I want to tell you a really quick story that yeah. where I learned this. When I was in high school, I worked at A&P Grocery Store as, as a stock clerk and a cashier. And on really busy days like holidays or first of the month when the military got paid, you would be in this, you'd be, you'd be standing at your, your checkout line. And sometimes the line would get down the the aisles, you would have 30, 40 people in line. And I, it would just give you this sense of anxiety. And I learned very quickly, don't look up. Just look at the guy or the lady right in front of you, check her out, maybe the second lady in line. But if you look up, if you look down that line, you'll panic. So all I did was just deal with the person in front of me. And that's how I kept from, from just overreacting to it or let it create anxiety. And that's exactly what I did with Katrina. We just got up every day. I was staying at my parents' house. I, was, had, I, I had a computer that, that I worked on in a, on a card table in their living room. And just every day, it got a little bit better. It's that's just such a great way to look at it, and that, and and if I th look back on my story, it was very similar to that. I had an incredible experience two days after after Katrina. I, the first day after Katrina, I could talk to the Sun Herald with a uh, satellite phone, but I couldn't get to the Sun Herald. The, the the bridge was compromised, and I tried to get a ride with a policeman, and he, you know, he he didn't understand who I was. He tried to arrest me. It was just. I, my neighborhood was destroyed. It was just an apocalyptic situation. I finally made my way to the Sun-Herald. But I'll tell you the, the quick experience I had when we get on the other side. We're having a conversation with Chef Calvin Coleman. He owns Naomi's Catering. And uh, I've known him for so many years. He's It's amazing to how people stand the test of time. And Calvin has certainly done that. When we come back on the other side, we'll continue the conversation. We'll see you after this.
listen live or on demand and watch episodes of The Ricky Matthews Show on your laptop, desktop, or your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His passion and love for coastal Mississippi is why he's here. This is The Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to The Ricky Matthews Show. We're visiting with my friend, Chef Calvin Coleman. He owns Naomi's Catering. And uh, when we went to break, he was sharing the way he made it through Katrina was he, he learned a lesson when he worked at A&P as a young man that don't look at the long line of people waiting to check out. Just look at the person in front of you, maybe the next person over, but but don't look any further than that because you'll you'll freak out. You'll you'll get a little bit stressed out understanding how many people are waiting. And you know, that's a great lesson really to deploy after a storm. You can't take everything in. If you do, you will be completely overwhelmed by it. But the fact that you can deal with the situation in front of you in this moment, you can, uh, you'll find the inspiration to be able to, to, to move on. I was about to tell you, two days after the storm, I walked out on a pile of debris in my backyard, boats and homes and piers and and I saw this. I told this story before. I wrote it, wrote about it. Actually, um, I saw a squirrel run across the the ground, and I wondered, "Gosh, how did that squirrel survive?" And then I got to looking closer and realized that almost the entire back of its hide was not there. It's just red meat, but it was still alive. And it went to the tree, tried to go up the tree. And it occurred to me that that, that it's probably not going to live, that it had really been severely injured. And it was, to me, it was a little bit of divine intervention in that moment. It was like, wait, wait a minute. You know, here's this squirrel sent me this powerful lesson. We were almost killed by the storm and everyone in my family survived and we had our, we had our, you know, we were, we, we had each other, we had our lives, and we, while so much had been destroyed, we would get through this. And after that, I walked inside. My my wife and I hugged each other, and we cried, and we never looked back. We just went on, and you know, we, you know, the Sun Herald played its role in the community, and had, and my family, nine of eleven homes were destroyed, and we had, you know, everybody had the same story, and in every story, in every family. There was incredible inspiration about resiliency. We saw it every day for for months, for years following the storm, and that kept us all kind of going, didn't it, Calvin? And and and, and remember what a sense of camaraderie that developed after the storm. Democrats, Republicans, uh, across uh, uh, ethical boundaries, across I mean everything. It didn't matter who you were, what group you belonged to, uh, it, it, the sense of camaraderie was awesome. And I don't think anyone, any one of us would have gotten through that had it not been that sense of neighbor that, yeah. the, and sense of community that, that we developed. Now, we all got kind of aggravated at New Orleans because they got all the attention, but the coast pulled itself up by its bootstraps, and it was just... It is such a story that, uh, that you know, we were the land between the masses or the mass between the, the two cities. But, but it was just a phenomenal story. And, of course, you know, it is just one thing in our lives that happened that we overcame 
Um, but it was such a lesson because, you know, you hear all your life when you're up on a Ferris wheel or when you're zip lining, don't look down. And, and, and that's basically the way you get through anything is you just focus on what's right in front of you. Do the next right thing, put one foot in front of the other. I will say this. My father and I have, have always had a, a pretty decent relationship. Um, but he was a he he was a a different kind of person than me. He had different interests, and and I we we were always at odds because um, we just he was a sportsman, and 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 so I never really felt like my father ever really appreciated the the, the work that I did, and the, the because he was a hands on manly man, and I remember getting up every day at his house at five o'clock in the morning to go in. We had a contract with Mississippi Power to serve their, all those thousands of workers that were here to get our power back on. And I got up every day and, and we just, and we worked 16, 18 hour days. And there was one particular day that I got up and I was hurting so bad. And I just sat there wondering how I was going to get up out of that bed. I just didn't know. And my dad came in there with a cup of coffee, sat down, handed me that cup of coffee and said, you know, you can just do what you can do, get up and and just keep moving. And that's what I did. I mean, I, I just got up and we had, that was another thing came out of the storm. After that, my father and I were so close. We saw, we spoke every single solitary day. I mean, it was unbelievable, but a lot of good stuff came out of that storm. You too. know, I, and, and one of the lessons that I mentioned on, on this lesson of, of after Katrina, one of the lessons, I, and you just told it just then, what I said is that before the storm, we always felt like we were working hard. You know, we felt like we were on the edge, you know, that we could, you know, we we found 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 an understanding. We thought we found an understanding of what our limits were. But after the after Katrina, we came to appreciate that we had no idea what we were capable of doing. You know, that that our that the the human spirit and our tenacity and our resilience within us would take us to a level of work. And hours in the day that we never thought was possible. And, and what we learned about ourselves and what we learned about the people around us is something we kind of still carry with us today, that what's in the heart and soul of us is the reason why this is such a wonderful place to visit, that when the going gets tough, and certainly Katrina was an equal opportunity destroyer, we find out the character of our people. And man, that, that we've got it, don't we? Absolutely. And, and and I just want to tell you one more thing about that. And, and of course, we don't want to make the whole show about Katrina. But when when Katrina hit and um, I was president of the local restaurant association at the time. And all of us that were in the restaurant association, there was only about six or seven of us that were major caterers on the coast that were that had been around for any length of time. And we were we were just devastated. The restaurant industry was devastated. The bar industry was devastated. The catering industry was devastated. Everybody was devastated. But Mississippi Power Company was bringing in all these outside uh, contractors from outside of the state to come in and serve these contract workers. They had 11,000, 12,000 contract workers staged everywhere all over the Gulf Coast. And these people had to be fed and housed. So about a, about... A week after the storm, I had been doing a lot of work for Anthony Tapazzi, who is just one of my mentors. I, this man was just a, a powerhouse. So about a week afterwards, I called Anthony. And of course, you know, we both had C Spire phones and C Spire was the only cell service you could get at the time. 
uh, or that, that worked at the time. So I called Anthony and I said, Anthony, listen, we've got all these outside people coming in from outside of the state. You, we have, I can get you all these restaurateurs, all these caterers. We can serve these people if you'll just give us a chance. And he said, okay, so how many people can you do at a time? I've got 13,000 men that need to be fed three meals a day. And I said, well, let me get a group together and, and I'll get back to you. So I started making phone calls. Anybody that I could reach, I said, hey, listen, do you guys want to get together? We were previously competitors. These are people that we competed against, that I competed with every single solitary day for catering on the coast or for jobs on the coast. But we also knew each other in the Restaurant Association. So we all got together and formed this co-op basically. And there was about seven of us. And it didn't matter if you had a car that had a trunk, if you had a chafing dish, if you had a grill, we all got together. And my church, St. Joseph's, let us use their kitchen. And we all moved up there. And that parking lot looked looked like some kind of Baptist convention out there with all the grills and the hot boxes and the crock pots. And we served 5,000 men a day together Previously, we were not necessarily, we weren't friends, we were acquaintances, but we were competitors. And now here we are, we're all working together to make this happen. And I'm going to tell you what, we still have that contract with Mississippi Power Company today. There's three of us still left. I know you know Richard Chenoweth. Um, from Scranton's. Richard is one of them. Scott Weinberg from Fly In. There's a whole group of us. There's still three of us are still doing that Forever Storm. So so we we learned something from that, you know, and we came together and we're all still together even today when we are still, Scott's not still in the business, but Richard and I are still competitors, but we're very, very close friends and we still work together when we have to. That's, so that's such a great story. That kind of thing. No, I agree. And you mentioned Anthony DePazzi. He was my dear friend and partner in the recovery effort. We were on the governor's commission together. We worked so closely together. And for him to have to, uh, you know, die with ALS, just such a sad story. In fact, I'm going to have, in the, in, the, in the relative future, I'm going to have uh, a show just dedicated to Anthony and bring uh, George Schlogel and, and uh, Jerry St. Pay and a few others and just tell his story because he was a bull in the china shop in the wake of I'll Katrina, and that's what we needed. He was chairman of the infrastructure committee, and the work that, that he did was so important to our recovery. It really was. Hey, listen, you have been all over the world. <laughs> I look at your background. It's in, it's truly incredible. Uh, Italy and France and Great Britain and Germany, you've been all over the United States. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about your food and beverage career and how did you decide to do this? And the accumulation of all these experiences land you in coastal Mississippi with, um, with Naomi. I don't really know how you had time to do all those things, given how long you've been up and running here in, in Mississippi. But it's a, it's a fascinating story, and we'll tell some parts of it it here when we come back with Calvin Coleman from Naomi's. We'll see you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Ricky Matthew Show podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Reminding you why we all love living in coastal Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I'm my friend Chef Calvin Coleman from Naomi's Catering. We've seen each other in so many iterations of our lives over so many years. And it's uh, great to be able to have a conversation with him and get caught up. But gosh, you know, you think about you know, working with, with presidential visits and White House advance teams and your travels around the country, your travel around the world. Um, when In 1981, when you started at the Scenic Kills Country Club in Pensacola, Pensacola you could have had no imagination that no. that would start a journey that would unleash you know this incredible experience for you. I mean, really, you didn't have any idea did you absolutely none and and you know naomi's is named after my mother my mother was naomi she started the business so when i left home i i'm from the gulf coast i was born and raised right out here in orange grove i live exactly two miles from the house i was born and raised in so my mother raised seven kids so of course she knew how to cook for a group i left and went to college after graduating from high at harrison central and after that, my mother took a cake decorating course down for Wilton Cake Decorating Course. She and a friend of hers decided they were going to do cakes. And they started doing cakes out of our house. I'm gone. None of this happened while I was in that house. It's really funny that our lives paralleled this way because she got into the cake business. Meanwhile, I moved around going to different schools. That's a, that's a whole different story. But I wound up working at Scenic Hills Country Club. Started my food and beverage career there. And uh, and so meanwhile, my mother was developing this business in Gulfport. And eventually she opened a place in Gulfport that sold cake decorating, candy making supplies, and she did custom cakes. And then started doing a little catering on the side. And her business developed. Meanwhile, I'm going to college, trying to get a degree, trying to be something. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a speech writer, a motivational speaker. So I'm going through the whole trying to get a communications degree. But meanwhile, I'm still working in food and beverage. I wound up in St. Louis through a series of events following a, a boss. And, and when I graduated from University of West Florida, I went to St. Louis thinking that I would just go ahead and work for this boss on the, on the St. Louis Riverfront on a permanently docked cruise ship called the SS Admiral. And... Uh, while I was up there, I was going to try to be looking for a job in the communications field, trying to do what I wanted to do. And I just never did enjoy the work, the, the communications work, working in offices. It was just crazy. So I was still working weekends in, in food and beverage. And finally, I just quit my regular job and went back into this full time. So I got hooked up with through all those series of events. I met different people and I was always looking for the next best thing. I never kept a job for more than a year. I mean, I would I would work somewhere until I got bored with it and then I would move on. But I met a man named uh, Jimmy Rittenberg, who was the general manager of a company called JR Management that managed Mike Ditka's restaurant in Chicago. And he also had the management contract on the uh, on the on the on the soldiers field. And so in all the events there, well, he was opening a place in St. Louis for Whitey Herzog, who was with the Cardinal baseball team. So I went to work for him 
working at Whitey Herzog's place and met all the celebrities and all the people that came through there. That place didn't last very long, so Jimmy didn't want to lose me, so he moved me to Chicago where I went to work for Coach Ditka. And after, I even spent a, a, about three months living in Coach Ditka's coach house as his personal chef. Um, and then from there, I went to work for the Hilton Corporation, and that's where I got moved around a lot, was working for the Hilton Corporation and started training in the banquet department, training people, going to open new hotels or refurbished hotels. Planet Hollywood, J.R. Rittenberg also managed all the new Planet Hollywoods, if you remember back when they started. Yeah, and then big started deal. traveling around with them. Uh, opening. That's how I wound up working in all of those places in Europe. Was every time they opened a new plant in Hollywood, they sent a team out to do all the training and the hiring. And so while I was there, I would go in and do what's called a stage, where you go and work for free for a, a chef that you wanted to learn something from. So I would. It, meanwhile, while I'm trying to set up Planet Hollywoods or Hilton Corporation banquet departments, I would be staging on weekends for for these French chefs and these French restaurants or, or Italian. Or it was amazing. And I just every opportunity I got to learn something new, I would do that. And so that's how I wound up moving around so much but i made every i took every opportunity i could to learn while i was there so hey what's interesting about your story you're talking about learning from other chefs um the the have you seen the series the hulu series the bear uh, yes and let me tell you something that that is so true to life Anthony Bourdain is also one of my big mentors, and I had the opportunity to meet him on several different occasions. I've, I admire him. What a, book, what a wordsmith he book, was. Confidential. Yes. That is that is that is so true to the kitchen life. Um, you work next to these fantastic chefs, but everyone around you. It's just a bunch of felons, and, <laughs> you know, drug addiction, alcoholism, uh, crime. I mean, the ki kitchens are just full of those kind of people. But, uh, but, but I always took the opportunity to work for these people that I respected and admired to learn from them. I never went to culinary school. I just, it was all hands on. So while my mother, while I was doing all that, my mother was building her business. And she and and so she had her little place down on 30th Avenue. My dad worked for the Mississippi Power Company and retired after 38 years. And my mother, he wanted to travel. Well, in 1993, they were hit head on by a drunk driver in Pasker's Jam. My father was not expected to survive the, the accident, and my mother was was hurt pretty badly also. So I get the phone call to come home. Um, they're not expecting Dad to live. So I get on a plane. I come home. I had just started a new job with the Marriott Corporation. And I came home, and my dad survived. My mother survived. But he was going to take about a year of recovery and my mother was going to have to take care of him. So she wanted to sell the business. Well, the realtor that listed the business said, Miss Naomi, this business will sell so much. You will get so much more for it if it's in operation when we sell it. If you just shut it down, we're going to, have to sell it for piecemeal. Well, I was the only one in the family, meanwhile, that had stayed in food and beverage at work. All my family had been helping her all these years, but I was the only one that had actually went out and made a career of it. So I was asked by my parents to stay and operate Naomi's until the business sold. 
And April, I celebrated 29 years, and I've still got this thing for sale if anybody wants it. <laughs> so I'm still here. So I, I took the business, and after a year, knew that I was going to stay and turn it into more more catering and try to do more of and introduce my own style to it. And 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 you mentioned George Schlogel, Peggy Schlogel, and Susie Seal were two of the people that just kind of took me under their wing. George took me under his wing, and Peggy started walking me around and introducing me to all her friends, catering stuff at her house, and from there, it just kind of took off. So then I became, you know, caterer to the uh, Gulf Coast celebrities and the social scene on the on Mississippi Gulf Coast. But that's how I actually came back to the Gulf Coast. I came home because of that to help my mother sell her business after this tragedy that, of this accident. And... Um, and and I've just never left, and I've just stayed, and and it's been 29 years. That's it's incredible. Um, you were always someone we could depend on, you know, whether it would be some official uh, capacity at the Sun Herald or a, a Knight Foundation meeting that I would host at my house, or and, and more recently, I'm trying to remember the last time we saw each other. I think probably it was at a dinner that Dave Dennis hosted. Yes. And uh, I remember, remember that, but you know, you're just, gosh, man, you have, you have done the time, haven't you? I, I have, and and let me tell you, you'll very rarely ever see um, advertisements for Naomi's catering. I've always operated on a uh, belief that I I I'd like attraction rather than promotion. So you mentioned, you know, some of my some, some of my community work. I try and never say no, no matter how little I can give, even if it's just a, a, a hundred dollar donation or a charcuterie platter. I try never to say no to any of those requests. And there's a lot of them. I mean, you know, being in business, you the phone never, the emails never stop. But that I believe has really been a lot of the success. I mean, we go in and we give food, good service. We give good food. We, you know, but the community service is what has always been um, probably what gives me the most sense of satisfaction is to be able to, to do that. And I have met a lot of great people through some of that service work also. Service work is really what it's all about, to tell you the truth, because I have everything I have out of sheer love. I, it, it, I get people, I had a, a man call me today wanting to talk to me about opening a, uh, a restaurant. Go ahead. Let's do this. We'll pick up right there. A man called you about, about opening a restaurant, but we'll talk more about the community work and where's Naomi's today as we continue our conversation with my friend, Chef uh, Calvin Coleman from Naomi's Catering. We'll see you after this. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend, uh, the chef Calvin uh, Coleman of Naomi's Catering. And boy, in that last segment, we got to hear the evolution of his career and this business his mother started. And what he agreed to do was just sort of uh, shepherd it until it is sold. And here we are some 29 years later, and... They're still rocking and rolling, and he's you know coming to us from a, a, a bed and breakfast uh, uh, home that evolved after Hurricane Katrina. But again, people find a way to innovate, and and Calvin has done that. You mentioned before we went to break, someone called you about maybe starting a restaurant. Finish that story. Well, it, it, the point of the story was that you know I've been doing this for 29 years, and I couldn't tell you how. So someone, I, I get people call me. They call me all the time. They want to say, "Can you know?" And I'll mentor people the best I can. But it's all luck for me. I I, I have that most the most horrible imposter syndrome because this guy's trying to ask me, "What did you do? Guide me, lead me." I'm like, "Dude, let me tell you something. I can't tell you why Naomi is a, a success. I couldn't tell you that. I don't know. I get up every day and I." do what I need to do to make the business work. I, I, I give fair prices. I, I never say no to a request for, for, you know, community service. And, uh, you know, I can't tell you why it's worked. It just has. So for someone to say, Hey, come into community Gulf Coast community college and talk to the culinary students and tell them what you've done to succeed in the catering business. I just go, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> Well, the, I, I, but I the truth you. is you actually have an idea. And in a way, you wanted to be a motivational speaker when you started. You've actually become that by sharing your unique story, the way you connect with the community, where the, the way you get the basics of what you do down, you know, the catering business down. And then you let the relationship building and the community commitment sort of put the exclamation point on it all. But that's that's why it's worked. It's a, it's a combination of you and your charisma and your ability to connect and your relationship building and, you know, running a smart business and make being innovative along the way and pleasing people. All that comes together. And with your personality it pro when you do speak to a class i bet people are you know sit up on the edge of their seat uh, you know they they tell me that they enjoy it I, I have good i don't get me wrong by the way my the people i work with my staff and i, I hate to say my staff like i own them i tell them every day we are partners in this business we we pay a living wage we we, you know, I make sure that people have a life outside of this business. I don't, but they have a life outside of this business. And so we take care of the people who take care of us. And that I, I think, you know, it's it's been our employees that have actually made Naomi's catering. It's not me. I'm going to tell you, Ricky, I get up every day in a different mood and a different personality. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons it was hardest to schedule this is I'm going, well, what personality am I going to wake up in? On <laughs> So. But, but, you know, it, it has been successful. And it's funny because, again, it may be that we connected along the way through official capacities as publisher of the Sun-Herald. But, but you know, our, our past crossed often in, in the community work that I was doing, that, that whatever it might be, it, even before Katrina. That, you know, if I went to an important chamber event or I went to an important, certainly after after uh, after the storm, the Gulf Coast Business Council or 
something involving the governor, it, you would just appear. You just appeared in all these iterations and dimensions, and you were just kind of always there. And, man, that takes a lot of effort to be someone who's ubiquitous. <laughs> I like said I just get up every day and and do the best I can and and yeah I show up in a lot of places we but two weekends ago we were in New Orleans doing a, a book launch for a client that has a house here but her, her daughter wrote a book and she was doing a book launch in New Orleans and she asked us to come over there to the garden district and I'm over there catering this and I look up and there's Kara Pichu and her husband. Do you know Kara? Yes, yes. So there's Kara Pichu and her husband. They walk in the door, and I'm thinking, now, why do I know these people? And I know Kara very, very well. And she looked at me, and I looked at her, and, you know, we're 100 miles away from where we're supposed to be. And and she was, that was her, basically, her reaction is, is there anywhere you won't go? And I said, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, as the former president and publisher of the Times Picayune I can appreciate the world that you're going into over there as it relates to the culinary experience. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's quite quite a compliment to ha- to be there in the Garden District, it, representing your craft. Uh, when when we get requests to go there, and and it happens about once or twice a year, because we have clients that live over here and and live in New Orleans. I always wonder why are they choosing us when there's that entire world, that culinary world over there to choose from. But you know, like I said, people hire who you who they know. People hire Calvin Coleman. They don't necessarily hire Naomi's catering. And no, I, and I, I know I, that. And I, know, I can't I, agree more. And that's, you know, certainly this is why this conversation has been so enlightening. But, hey, we're out of time. It's been a pleasure to finally catch up with you, my friend, yeah. and, and get the Calvin we got today. I like the Calvin we got today. And the story behind the story is so fascinating. Congratulations on your years of commitment to the community and how that's been parlayed to build a big, big a, a very successful business. Keep up the great work, my friend. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rick. I, I enjoyed it. This has been uh, Chef Chef uh, Calvin Coleman of Naomi's Catering. It's been a it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed this this conversation today. I hope you did too. We'll I see did. you tomorrow. Have a great day. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.